D. Yo. How's the off-season treating you, man? Uh, you know what? It's um, it's good. It's good. Because now it's time to get ready to take six. So I'm feeling good about it. Time to get ready to take six. I think that's something that the faithful all want and need to hear. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Uh, plenty to get to on this show. We'll talk a little bit about the franchise transition tag. Um, I got some questions for ED about it, just from a logistical standpoint. Um, and then also position groups uh, heading into 2020 season. Obviously, last year we got into some some groups uh, of need. We'll talk about which groups that we think uh, are the, the most set, the most sound as we sit here right here in this uh, was this third week of February? <laughs> As we have just now be- begun, uh-huh. begun, begun the off season. Which which position groups we have the most confidence in heading towards next year? Um, Eric Armstead is, is someone who who actually raised his hand and said that, "Hey, if you guys want to franchise tag me, go ahead. I'm all for it." It's interesting from the fact that. Um, I feel like most of the conversation around the franchise tag is guys really don't want it, right? They get upset about it. Like, you look over at Dallas and what's happening with Dak Prescott, and chances are he could likely get franchise tagged, and that's not something that he wants to do, right? I think he he probably wants something a little bit more long-term. Overall, just from a player standpoint, like like what are your overall thoughts about the franchise tag? Because me, as as an outsider looking in, I'm like, man, you get one year for X amount of – X amount of dollars, like, why would you not want that? Um, but then I guess there's there's the lack of security there as well, right? It's just that one year. Um, as a play, as a player, like, w- what's your whole mindset on the whole franchise tag thing? Uh, number one, it depends on where I am in my career. And if I'm a young guy, Pro Bowl player, All-Pro player, please franchise me. Please. Why? Because that means I get to get another hit. Because that's what a franchise tag is, is guaranteed money. It's guaranteed money. Not only is the money guaranteed, it guarantees me the offseason to train the way I want to train. Because I don't have to show up to any of your events. I don't have to show up to the OTAs. I can train. I can take care of my body. I can prep and prepare the way I need to. And if I'm that high-end player, I probably know how to prep, how to prepare, how to get myself ready. So that's one of those things. You know, and and I, I guys can say, well, you, you don't have the long-term um, security. Uh, there is no such thing as long-term security in the NFL. Uh, that's, it's monopoly money. The only money that's, that's real money is their guaranteed contract. Because guys, you'll see someone have this $100 million contract. Well, you'll have 30 of that guaranteed, and then the other is, you know, there's guaranteed, but there are injury clauses. And then you have money that after a while it pushes beyond, you go back so far into its back load, your, your contract's front loaded, so then you reach a point to where the money's no longer guaranteed, and they can release you. Uh, so the, the NFL is based on three-year contracts. The average career in the NFL is how long? Three years. Yeah. There's three years. There's a, and, and by the time you reach your second year of your deal, a team is either going to decide to, and you see it already happening with the 49ers, 
you see guys in their second year that they are restructuring like a Quan. In your second year, they're going to decide if they want to keep you going. So they're either going to start to prepare to restructure you and extend, or they're going to start to think about you taking a pay cut, or they're going to release you. That's that's what happens. They're all three-year deals. Three years is a career in the NFL. So when someone signs a six, five, six, seven-year contract, you're not playing through that contract. It's not going to happen. So back to the guaranteed money, and like a Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was smart to say no, and we'll get off the Dallas Cowboys quickly. But Dak Prescott, <laughs> it was smart for Dak Prescott to say no to the deal that they were offering him. I think he made, he was going to make like $2 million or something starting, and everyone was like, why would he not take that deal? It's because if you franchise me, he knows what the franchise tag. You can franchise me two, three years in a row. If they franchise him, he's going to end up averaging like $40 million. Yeah. So why wouldn't I go year to year and you gar- and guarantee myself this money as opposed to you signing me a deal that's not guaranteed? I've said for years, the highest paid guy uh, in the league, and, and they always talk about the contracts and everything going on. No, the highest paid guy in the league has always been Tom Brady. It's been that way for years because Tom Brady's complete contract has been guaranteed for like the last five, six, seven years. So it didn't matter what happened. He was going to get his money. If the league folded, he was going to get his money. That's that's right there is where it is. So back to Armstead, I don't. I, why would you have a problem with someone saying we guarantee you thirteen million dollars? Yeah, well, I guess, I guess you look at it. First thing you mentioned was obviously being a, a young guy, right? So definitely he fits into into that category. But you look around, you look around the the NFL. I mean, you look at guys like Le'Veon Bell, for example, like. He sat uh-huh. out a whole year because he didn't want yeah. the franchise tag. He wanted more of a long-term deal, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just weren't willing to go there. Uh, Le'Veon, yeah, Le'Veon Bell set out a long. Le'Veon Bell set out uh, an entire year because he wanted out of Pittsburgh. Not because he, not because of, of that. He wanted out of Pittsburgh, and that was his only way out of Pittsburgh. If Le'Veon Bell did not want to leave Pittsburgh, if Le'Veon Bell did not have in his mind that he was willing to leave, if he felt like that was the place he had to be. Um, and continue moving forward, he would not have done that. He would have taken a franchise tag because what would happen, he would have looked at it and he would have seen. There's no reason for me to sit out and lose out on this money because it's money you're never going to get back. I, I don't I don't care what you what you do. You sit out. I don't care how much money you make. You still lost out on that five, six, seven, whatever million. Armstead would miss out on his $13 million. So that and the interest and everything, you lost money. Number one, you lost money. Okay, so we can look at it that way. So Le'Veon Bell, it, it was more to him sitting out because of that. There were a lot of a lot of things that were happening there in play. So that's why I say it's always a question of what it is you're trying to do from a business perspective. But just from a player, I don't see why. It, it makes no sense in a game in which the owners, the ownership, management is not obligated to you as a player you are obligated to the team as a player. By that, I mean your contract is a contract that you have to uphold or the organization does not have to adhere to that contract. They can cut you whenever they choose to. So it's truly not, it's a one-sided deal. It's not a mutual contract. So if you can put yourself in a situation 
in which it's a mutual crime contract year to year because people say, well, it's pay for play. Well, that's what it is anyway. So if you're going to, so I can tell you right now in the arc of my career, the same, if I had the exact same career that I had, if they had offered me a one-year deal, I would have taken it. I actually, actually going into my third year in the NFL, I played on a minimum contract because the, because they offered me a deal. My contract was coming up, and like I said, they wanted to extend. You know, they're going to extend. They're going to do whatever. They're going to offer you a deal. They offered me a deal, and I was like, "You guys are ridiculous." I, that's it. I'll play on a one year deal. I, like I'll I'll bet on myself. I'll take the minimum. I'll bet on myself. Halfway through that season, halfway through my fourth season, well, guess what? After you, you know, I made player of the month in October. They were like, well, I guess we probably want to get this done before the end of the season. So then they offered me a contract, giving me what I wanted. I signed a two year deal. At the end of those two years, you know what? I'm all pro. We've gone to the Pro Bowl. I've gone to the Pro Bowl. We've won a Super Bowl. Guess what? It, it, things change. So, so you you want to have yourself in position where you have leverage as a player. Outside of your guarantee is monopoly money. So signing, so for Eric Armstead to go in and say he's going to sign a six-year, $150 million deal, how much of that is going to be guaranteed? And if you put me on the franchise tag, I play for on the franchise tag this year, and then you have to bump it up a certain percentage the next year, and then you have to bump it up a certain percentage the next year, how much money are you actually going to be guaranteed plus the freedom and structure of being a free agent every single year. I, I don't have a problem with that because I have no problem betting on myself as a player. I did it as a player. I see a lot of players doing it. I, 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 I There's no one. You can even talk about the injury um, aspect of it. Darrell um, Revis showed everyone this. Reeves made more money. You go back and you look at it. Reeves made more money, and he was even making it after his injury. Then, then you can think of anyone at that time. Why? Because Reeves was playing on a year-to-year deal. <laughs> that, go back and look at it. He was always playing on guaranteed money. Yeah, Think about it. Yeah, no, he 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 did definitely uh he he did definitely do that. He was able to, to turn the corner that sense from for just from a financial standpoint for himself and the way he set him up for his career. Um towards But I'm the, saying, but he also he he also set the mold on how these guys should do it. If you are a high-end player, j- just do a one-year deal. Do a two-year deal. Put the pressure on put the pressure on the team to commit to their contract. And stay committed to their contract and, and to you as a player, just like you have to stay committed to the team. You have to earn your keep. Make them earn the right for your high end play. That that's what Revis did. And and I so I I I have no problem with a guy saying, you know what, I like being here. So Le'Veon Bell, um, Armstead. Armstead is like, look, I like where I am, I like what I'm doing, I like what we have and what we have going on. So I'm gonna put it on the team. To say, hey, if you want me here, then I'll play for that that tag. Because that's that's where I was. I never would have left the 49ers. I never would have left the 49ers if they had offered me a deal. So fans out there, so just know, I didn't leave for money. They didn't offer me a deal. <laughs> they, they, there was, I couldn't go. 
They didn't offer Dion a deal. They didn't offer they didn't offer um, Ricky Waters a deal. We couldn't stay. They were trying to get our backups in to play because there was a change upstairs. So that's just one of those things that happens. That's just the business of it. But I, I, I would have stayed. But I was also in position because of the fact that I didn't sign some bogus contract just because it would have looked good. Like I, I got this long-term deal. I was in position to where you guys got to come. If you want me here, it's easy. Just, just give me a, just give me a fair deal and I'm here. So I'm okay with any player that decides I like where I am from a business standpoint, it makes sense for me to be here from a team standpoint, from winning from everything for the arc of my career. I want to be here. I think it's, I, I I'm 100% okay with the guy doing that. And I don't feel like you're missing out on anything. A lot of people think you're missing out on that long-term deal. Remember the long-term deal is not guaranteed money. You're not missing out on anything. You're making whatever guaranteed money they give you for that year. Yeah. So let's, let's take a a closer look at, at Armstead now. Um, This is just wrapped up his fifth year, obviously, and coming off of a, a career year. Um, Third time he's he's played a full season, back to back seasons. Now he he started every single game. But you look at the numbers, especially the sack totals. Right, he's gone mm-hmm. from a career high three sacks last season to double digit sacks um, in, in the 2019 year. He had ten sacks. Uh, I mean, it, it really really just franchise numbers all across the board. When you talk about uh, talk about sacks, talk about tackles, you talk about tackles for loss, uh-huh. talk about quarterback hits. Um, Really uh, forced fumbles, uh, even had a fumble recovery for the first time in his, his career this year. He, he, he was a difference maker for this defense in 2019. Yes, agree. And agree. And there were a lot of people kind of uh, glum on him, feeling he hadn't really lived up to the expectations being a first round pick um, back in 2015. And it seemed like last year, you know, for whatever reason, he was able to put it together. Now, of course, you always have like that contract year conversation like like how is that how real is that in terms of guys um like like we see it happen all the time right guy on a contract year he will he will he will have you know a better year than than maybe he's had you know in the previous years he's he's more locked in obviously because he's got he, he he's going to be up you see it happen across all sports but kind of what's the mindset i guess um like is that a real thing or is, is that just easy for us on the outside looking in to see it to see it appear that way it could possibly be it, it, it's a real thing in some aspects uh, for some players uh, because there are some guys that do actually focus more. There are some guys that actually do, um, you know, put more time in the film room, put more time. They do, they start doing the things that they should have been doing all the time. So that for some guys, that is a part of it. Now for other guys, and I'm going to throw Armstead into this category also, other guys, look, what did you just say? It's a career year. It's a contract year. He Now he put all the numbers together, and he's playing the way a first-rounder should play. He's on his rookie contract. Guess what happened? He learned how to play pro football. <laughs> You're finally getting to see what is done. He's got a couple of years under his belt. He's got back-to-back years where he stayed healthy and was able to play 16 games. All of those things make a difference. You've heard me say you can get better. You you can learn by watching from the sideline, but you don't get better until you play. He's been able to play. And by playing, he's shown that he's gotten better 
So that has a lot to do with it. So the so the correlation between your contract being up and you playing better, it makes sense if you look at it. Look, he he had to learn how to play the game. I didn't learn how to play in the NFL until my third year. And I missed my entire second year. Because <laughs> like I got hurt the second game of the season. So you you literally have to get out there and play. So so I, I do say there there is some of that where you'll see certain players that have been around long enough and they should know what to do. And then all of a sudden you see this guy in his fifth, sixth year, he's starting to play well. Well, I think that's a part of you doing the things that you should have been doing all of, all the while. A guy on his rookie contract, look, he, he's learned to play. And how much more valuable – so you said across the board those are franchise numbers for him. Across the how board, more, ca- career numbers for him. Okay, so now guess what? Guess what happens if you do that back-to-back? So how much more, value, yeah, how so, much more valuable are you not only as a as, – how much more valuable are you, forget the franchise tag, as a free agent? How much more valuable are you to the league if you now show, look, I have learned to play. I am that first round talent that you thought, and the production is showing in the numbers, in the wins, and in my play. Look, why why not bet on yourself and take the guaranteed money? More on this in a sec, but first, my man Ed, you got a PSA. You got a PSA I, for I, the I people. Do. I I do, and it's, and it's a public, it's, it's a pubic service announcement, not a public service. Say what? Yes, it is, and it's brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, you know, they got the best trimmer out there, man. It's the third generation. It's the best on the market. It's the Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer, and it is now available for purchase everywhere. You got to get it. You got to get your hands on it. Leading edge ceramic cutting blade, um, and it's going to prevent all the manscaping accidents. I'm just telling you guys now, you never have to worry about it. You you. You, you some, sometimes you have things going through your brain, you know, Sean, you have things going through your head and and you might get a little nick. You would think you'd be focused during those times when you're trying to take care of the family jewels. But things can happen. Yeah, you might you might get some soap in your eye. You might have you, you, you might have you, you'd be late for work. We're all human. You, we're all human. We're all human. You don't have to worry about that, man, because this the, the, the manscape. 3.0 lawnmower, it definitely takes care of all of those, all of those issues because of that ceramic blade. So right now, you can get 20% off free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. Uh, that is 20% off with free shipping at mans- manscaped.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V. And I um, promise you guys, as always, your balls will thank you. Certainly so. Um, so, uh, one more point on on Armstead before before we move on. So, if if you look at this right, let's look at it. Look at it from both sides here. I'm thinking it, it would behoove both both sides um, to to place the franchise tag on Armstead. And and I say that because all right, last year he had a career career year right in 2019. Right, he finally looked like the first round pick that that they thought that that he could be um and granted mm-hmm. granted he missed you know he missed some time uh you know year 2 and, and year 3 um and, and so it looks like you know this year this year you know uh, this past season he, he finally was able to put it together um 
but if you're looking at this from a 49ers standpoint, you know, you may be thinking, okay, who do we have in this guy, right? We we don't we're not really sure. Like, is 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 he the guy who who had 10 sacks a season to go, or, or he is the guy who you know wasn't really able to put it together, right? And, exactly. and also and also keep in mind, you know, he's not a John Lynch guy, right? John Lynch inherited him, you know. So the, the in terms of the whole, you know, being invested in him. Um, you know that might not play as big of a role for for John Lynch in, in in that front office for the Niners. And you look at it from Armstead's perspective, hey, like like you just said, Ed, I can double back, right? I can double back uh-huh. on this, and then I become even more valuable. Uh, you know, even down the road, the next year down the line. So you know, I bet on myself, I become even more valuable down the line, and that's an even even much larger payday. You know, for me, whether it's here in San Francisco or whether it's somewhere else. Um, so it looks like this is something that that probably could benefit both teams, right? You're the Niners. You're still trying to figure it out. Who is this guy? If you're Armstead, you're like, look, I can bet on myself. This is the guy that I am. I'm gonna double back on this, and then I'm 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 going to be worth, uh, you know, a whole lot more down 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 the line. Do you see it Absolutely. the same way? Yeah, yeah, I, I I do. I see it the exact same way. Both. Both parties get an opportunity to say, do we want this marriage? And that's and that's what I like about the franchise tag, because, as you know, you now Armstead, go back to back. If you go back to back, uh, you look at this and now we can give you a long term deal, which will help the calorie, the salary cap situation, uh, because we can string that out. Those that know that number can get lower than that franchise tag number. That's going to leave more room for other players. But we also see that you are a dependable player, that we will have you 16 games. That's one of the major issues. When you identify, when you identify that eight to 12 players that are going to be your core, they have to be guys that are going to be on the field. You, you just have to. I can't, I can't pay you and you just not be there um, because it's one of those, it, it just affects what you do and how you play. I mean, I just need you out there. I understand the talent. I, I even look at, at the J.J. Watt thing. I mean, J.J. Watt is an incredible player. How many games is he going to miss every year? And how much and how different is their defense when you when you don't have him? So I, I've, I've always thought, I mean, it, it's crazy to put that much money into him and that be, because of that, because this because I can't count on him week in and week out. Great player, bring, brings guys around, but I also know what I'm not going to get out of you. This is a situation for these guys to see. Can you be that dependable player, Can and how much do we want to put into that number? I think it's a great opportunity for both sides, and as you just said, for, for John Lynch, for Kyle to decide, hey, we like this player. Um, he is a holdover player from um, the bulky years. Do we want to make him ours? It's really that's it because the next contract he's now you bought it he's yours. Yeah, I I think I think it 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 behooves it behooves both sides. So I I think it's it's fair play. I mean, let's keep in mind the Niners have not used the franchise tag in the last four years. So um, this would be something a little bit different for them. Uh, but I think this is a year maybe you you do do that when you look at the salary cap you know not or not necessarily the salary cap but but looking at how much well yeah you look at the salary cap look at how much money they have entering free agency they're they're amongst you know the bottom in terms of teams yeah they don't have they of, don't have much room yeah and, and cap the money to spend is going to take a lot of that 
So so we'll we'll see. It, it it may be one of those things that works that works out for the Niners. Um but then again, you know, they haven't used it in four years. Um John Lynch has never used it. So, you know, maybe maybe going in a different different direction um may be an option uh for now let me say this last thing about that though. If I'm John Lynch, uh if I'm if I'm John Lynch and I'm and I'm talking to Robert Sala and I'm looking at what you have defensively and the way Armstead is playing, and remember you have been around and, and even with his injuries, I know his history. I've seen him maybe yeah, I didn't I didn't draft him. But I've been here and I've watched the progression. If you, if I identify this guy as one of my twelve, and I'll just put it that way, if he's one of my twelve, then you give him the deal. You, you, you make him a legitimate offer, and you move, you move on because that number you can probably get his number lower than the franchise tag number, and you need the room right now because you're trying to remember this team right now is not in rebuild mode. At all. No, You've done not that. at all. Right yeah. now you are in right now you are in winning championship mode. Retool. So it's the same conversation we had about Emmanuel Sanders. If I identify you as someone that I have to have to win the championship, that I believe is a key in me winning the championship, you do the deal. It's that simple. So it's just a question of who you who have you identified. Um, as those guys and how much you want to put into that into that position, um, because looking at the way they play defense, depth is an, is a, is a major part of it. How much money are you going to put into not just that player but the defensive line? Because this defense is built around its defensive front. That I think we all know that and yeah. realize that. Yeah, that's the so so the money the money in this defense is going to go to it's going to go to the defensive front. That's where the money's going. Then one linebacker is going to get paid. One safety is going to get paid. One corner is going to get paid. That's, that's, the, that's the way it's going to have to work because you're going to have to put more money into the defensive front the way it's currently uh, built to win. And that's, that's so, so you have to figure out how you want to do that. Uh, let, let's turn the page now. Last week we talked about the position groups of need, right, which, which position groups require the most uh, the, the most focused, the most attention this off season. Um, this week, let's let's discuss a little bit. You know, the, the opposite of that. Wh- wh- which position group are you the most uh, will, will require the least amount of attention uh, heading into the twenty twenty year? Wh- wh- which which position group are you the most confident in, as it is right now? Are you the most confident in heading towards the twenty twenty season? Uh, the linebacker group for me. Okay, I, I think the linebackers. Um... Uh, you you look at I think Quan is going to come back. I mean, everybody was questioning his play at the end of the year, and he was playing with one arm. He was hurt. He was playing with one arm. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's that's. <laughs> and yet I saw so much when they were like, he played horrible. I even heard guys talk, you know, his horrible playoffs, all of this stuff and everything. The guy we discussed that when he came back. What did I say? If he's healthy, put him out there because guys are going to want to go that time of year. Yeah, but you're you're going to do it. Yeah. But that's the thing. And that's the thing about it. When you hit the field, every the assumption is that you're healthy and you can do your job. But when you are injured playing the game of football, it's very difficult. It's one thing to play hurt. You can perform hurt. It's very difficult to play when you're injured because the game just requires too much from you physically. And it's hard to play with an injury, especially linebacker, when your job description is to run into grown men 
and bring them down. It's hard when you have one arm. So, um, but I'm, I'm looking at Greenlaw and what he's developed into, what Fred Warner's developing into. Uh, you, you look at where, where you are with Quan. Uh, I, I just, I, I mean, we can we can keep going into the depth of, of the of the linebacker position, but I feel comfortable that 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 position room could possibly possibly arguably come after a full off season, getting healthy and everything, the experience that they have, it could arguably be the best linebacker room in the league going into next season. In my opinion, yeah, I, I and I think we agree on this, right? Right. For me, it's it, it's either it's either linebacker or it's either the offensive tackle position. But I'm going to lean towards linebacker. Um, Fred Warner is an emerging star if he's not yet already. Uh-huh. And and going back to your point about about Quan, um, keep in mind, like he when he came back, every game he played less snaps. So. So he he the the snap the amount of snaps he I think he was he was only on the field for I want to say like twenty percent of the snaps in the Super Bowl and the week before that it might have been like twenty two and the week before that is when when he played played the most right so um you know he he played he played the most amount of snaps in in the in in the playoffs during that during during that Viking games if, if I'm not mistaken and then it, mm-hmm. it, it was less it, the snap count was less each and every week so that tells me obviously especially when you look at the Super Bowl when when his snap count wasn't very high. You look at that, you know, that tells me obviously he's not right. Um, yes, exactly. And, and, and people forget, like, he he was the the he, he was the emotional leader for this team. He was the juice. He was, Plain yeah. and simple. He was the juice. And, and, and pe- yes. people for people forget that towards the end of the season, like, just how and, and how big of a blow it was when he went out. But I think something good came out of that because I think when we saw him go down, I think that's when Fred Warner started to emerge a little bit. And he he had to he 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 took it upon himself to kind of take over 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 that mantle and and he he decided he began to make more and more plays. Um, I thought. And I, the other part of that is that Greenlaw then developed his confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because he had no choice but to play. And now Greenlaw is not expecting to come off the field. That's why that room, I believe, can be the best. It could. Because you got three guys right now that all believe they are that dude. It could. Yeah, it could be. I mean, yes. and, and Fred Warner, without a doubt, probably should have been all pro, you know, first team all pro last season. Um, definitely definitely a pro bowl snub, which didn't matter anyway because he wouldn't have been able to play in that game. But Yeah, and um, I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel the same as you do about the tackle situation. No, you don't. No. No. Um, the re- reason being is that um, I had a tackle. I'm, I, school came in. He played. There were situations and where you start to see what's going on. And then, OK, we have to bench school. And then, you know, are we going to put him in if someone goes down in this situation? It, they're, they're just they're, they're still questioning where he is right now, as opposed to when I'm looking at Greenlaw. I'm looking at this rookie. And he went out and he just performed, and just got better and better and better and better. And no question of no questions of the confidence, no question of the the skill, no question of uh, the understanding of what the, of the situation. So so I'm I'm still a little I feel okay about it, but I'm not as confident about that room as I am of the linebacker room. Yeah, you go back to the, the probably the very our very first podcast episode, right? And you mentioned Greenlaw and just how 
uh, enamored you were with him. And then he, he comes out, makes plays, made probably the biggest play of the regular season that stop up in Seattle uh, to, to seal the, the NFC West championship for this team. So, you know, he played well. Obviously, you look at the steps that Fred Warner took last year and how he's, he's emerged as one of the top linebackers in, in the entire uh, National Football League. And, and then we, we talked about Quan as well. I, I think when you look over at the tackle position, um, I give school a little bit of a pass. I mean, I, I look at, I think, overall body of work. Like, he, he was kind of thrown into the fire. Right, um, you know, once Staley went down, and and, I think, and Greenlaw was it? I, not not as much as school, I don't think, um, because it, it because school was behind a an all pro in in Staley, right? Like you're not really well, expecting wait, wait, hold to on, hold on, hold on. Who who you're playing behind has no relevance on what happens to you when you hit the field. I, I mean, you have a job to do, and you a rookie that hasn't been getting the reps, and then you're thrown out there. It doesn't matter if – just look at it this way. It doesn't matter if the starting quarterback is, is you know, Tom Brady or if the starting quarterback is John Smith that's, you know, from the rec center. Once you go in, you are now the starting quarterback. If that guy gets hurt, if you're his backup. And, and the, the job that you have to do is still the job that you have to do. Just because you're and, – and what you're looking at is because he came in to back up Staley, now he's – you know, there's so much more pressure on him. The dude, pressure's always there for every position. Every player, every position, you got a job to do. Pressure's always there, and it's, and it's, no, it's no more or less based on who you're replacing. Yeah, but I, I think that thing could have gone south – quickly right like we, we thought about you know when when Staley first got hurt and you're like okay who is this school kid um like and not only that but just the myriad of injuries on that offensive line right I mean you're playing with backup tackles on each side at certain points in this season and you look at how this offense was able to stay to stay afloat how they were able to continue to win games um I don't know but I, now, I, think, but I think, think I think school I think he was I don't know. I don't know if you're not. I don't know if you're, you're giving him enough credit. I, I think he was. A huge, uh, no, I think no, no, he's no. Very I, integral to to what this team was able to accomplish last season. I agree. I agree. I'm not saying that you're giving. But see what you're doing. You're saying I'm not giving school enough credit. I'm not giving Greenlaw enough this credit. This is what you. This is what people do in this game. It's so one sided. What you're doing is that you are just give. You're just. Uh, there's a lack. There's a lack of belief in defensive football and and the level that it takes to sustain things on that side because what you're saying offensively to come for a rookie to come in and things to not fall apart is far more difficult than for a rookie to come in on defense and things to not fall apart and that's just not true because so school came in he did his job and we were both saying that things kept going the running game kept going he was able to keep it afloat and i'm on your side i was like that was huge for this offense for them to be able to continue doing what they were doing well think about it defensively they didn't miss a beat this was one of the better defenses in the league before the injury then greenlaw comes in it was one of the better defenses in the league while he played which means he kept the level of play the same the standard the same if not raised it so I'm not I'm not knocking what school did. I'm just saying there for some reason you see you you're doing what everyone does. You you're you're looking at the scoring. 
you want to be one of those dudes that walk around school with your jersey on and everyone knows that you play football. <laughs> you're, you're an offensive player. You're that offensive mind. See, <laughs> see you, so you're saying, well, it, it's so much more difficult to play offense. No, it's not. It's harder to play defense. It's, it's harder. It's flat out harder to play defense. Everybody on offense knows what they're supposed to be doing. And then they know how to react. They have rules on how to react if something changes. Defensively, you got to figure it all out. Figure it out, yeah. Now, you got to figure it out. You have to react to what's happening. Nobody tells you what to do. You react to what you see. And this is a rookie that had to come in and figure it out, and he did it. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying it's not. I, I can't lessen what Greenlaw did, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trying to knock knock school. I'm just saying that, but but I'm not going to allow you to lessen what Greenlaw did. It, it was it was tremendous for him to come in and play at that level as a rookie. Yeah, no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with you from that from the Greenlaw standpoint. I think and, and I think if we're looking at this, if if I got to pick just one position group, I think you and I agree. I think it's it's that linebacker room that I have probably the 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 most confidence in as we head towards next season with things looking the way they look um, right now. Um, Combine is next week, coming at you once a week now here during the off season, as opposed to our two times a week during the during the regular season. Um, but we'll see. If we got extra things to say, you never know. We might just come back come back at you and throw a bonus pod. You never know. Um, remember, we are located wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you're listening to us right now, you found us, right? We're we're, we're there. It is there. It is. We're make sure you hit that follow button on 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 uh. I don't know on Spotify. Where what am I doing? I'm brain lapsing here. Make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you listen to Apple Podcasts. We are wherever you listen to podcasts, um, and so check that out. Um, and of course, all of our previous podcasts. If you want to go back and listen to them, they're all right there on the Believe in Forty Niners dot com website. They're all they're all pretty good too. Yeah. so you should check them out if you miss. Or Art Nineteen, our, our new our new hosting <laughs> service. You can uh, you can uh, humble brag there. Um, you can uh, go ahead and listen to them on there as well. So enjoy your week for my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in Forty Niners podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.